Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Big Dumb Increase, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 68th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have Julia from Cosmic Peach. Finally, after a bunch of bouncing around, we get to do a show together. So how are you doing today? Oh, I'm thrilled. So happy to be here tonight. How are you doing? Super good for tonight, actually. And uh, really glad that you lived up to the expectations, I guess, that we have from mutual friends talking about you, uh, hearing about you on other shows, and then having that little conversation before the show started. Like, I already like your energy. I like your vibe. And I'm glad we finally got to connect and make shit work. So I'm in a good mood just off of that because I love making good connections with honest, awesome people. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. And um, it's funny because our friend circle is so close. Like if I know one person, they know you and then everything comes full circle. And now here we are. <laughs> Finally. And like, like we we're saying before the show too, it's like that family is so close that it's mm-hmm. like, you instantly can come in and be like, all right, your family. Cause it's like, if my people and your people are the same people and we trust those people with our life, like, you know, our, it's already like an instant vouch for somebody else's character. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. And the, the crazy thing is 
in podcasting about conspiracy theories and all the stuff that we do, even if it's ghost stories or cryptids, whatever, we have to have each other's back because it's like, there's not a lot of people who are actually speaking the truth on certain things. Like, obviously you put yourself in a very vulnerable situation, putting all your innermost thoughts out for everyone to listen to. So having like a support in a structure, like a family, it really helps. And it encourages you maybe you get a bad review or something on apple and they're like this show is so shitty and then you have all those people like no it's not shitty you're just saying things they don't want to hear or like they're not ready to hear so yeah it helps to have like that family yeah it's the support system for self-doubt because i don't know about you like i'm at a point now where i kind of like have pushed the self-doubt out but the first like three four months that i started my show i had a lot of self-doubt where i was like all right I should, why am I doing this? I'm just going to stop doing this. And if I didn't have friends, like at, at the time, I don't think I was friends with ghost yet, but Kyle, for example, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had that push to keep going. Cause it's like, you get involved with other people and then you almost feel like you're going to disappoint them too, by not podcasting. And then you get to this certain point. I don't know if it's the same for you, but podcasting kind of becomes like part of your life where you can't imagine not doing it after a certain point. And especially just the community, the family, all that kind of shit. And just thinking that if you stopped, like you wouldn't be able to have all of that like you do already. So it's like, I don't know, you get going and then it becomes just like something that you need to do and you can't really go back. Yeah, it's totally second nature. And I'll tell you, a lot of the time before I started podcasting, I would listen to other people's podcasts, like Ryan, for example, Dangerous World Podcast. And I would go... I love this. I love what he's doing. He's so brave. Like he just says whatever, like, and I, you know, I enjoyed listening to it. And I finally got to the point where I had reached out to ghosts on my third eye podcast. And I was like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know, I'm a big fan of your show. I found you from dangerous world podcast. And I've had a lot of like crazy paranormal experiences. If you ever feeling froggy, I'll come on and tell you about it. And he was like, yeah. So that's how basically I dipped my toe into the water and I was like oh this is awesome like it just feels so natural like we're just having a conversation like FaceTime whatever Mm -hmm. and you feel like your friends just like FaceTiming about something so I was like I could do this and I started my show and I've met so many amazing people and it's almost um comforting in a way it's like I look forward to doing it and even when I'm at work all day, cause I have like the dreaded nine to five job. It gives me something to like, look forward to when I go home at night, like I can edit my podcast and talk to all my friends and like do cool episodes and stuff. And it really has filled like a weird hole in my heart where I was like, I feel alone in this. Cause I love conspiracy theories. I love talking about this kind of stuff, but I don't really have a, very many people in my personal life that do. So this is like an outlet for me. And I've met so many amazing people. Yeah, honestly, same for me. And at work, like I'm at work, but I'm listening to podcasts one, usually all my friend shows now, which makes it even cooler that it's like, you know, I interact mm-hmm. with these people and I get to hear them. Um, and then you do all like the connecting and stuff like that at work. So it also kind of gives you something to look forward to through the day that, you know, you'll get hit up by your good friends that are just like, Hey, how's it going? And then you start building stuff up. And then it's like, I went from a person that had no notifications. I didn't really talk to anybody, um, which wasn't like intended to be like a sad thing. Like I legitimately just kind of like enjoyed my own space because I knew nobody wanted to talk about the things I want to talk about. And now it's like my phone never stops going off. And it's ironically like coming from somebody that doesn't normally like 
interacting on social media. It's like all people I want to talk to now. So it's just like a weird mix around, you know, (laughs) I 100% know what you're talking about because before I started podcasting, I wouldn't even get on Instagram that much other than to post like a selfie every other whenever, like once a month I would get on there and, and post like a selfie or a picture of like me and my husband. And it wasn't really something that I just was like, Ooh, I'm trying to get Insta famous. Like I just really didn't care about any of that. But Instagram for me now is like, I can post pictures of stuff I'm talking about in my episodes and like promote my episode. Like it's become a place where I can have friends, send messages, talk to them. Like I'm in the middle of researching something and only New York Patriot of all people will know the answer to this. Let me hit him up really quick. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then he'll be like, oh yeah, I got you girl. This is what that means. And I'm like, oh, thank God. That is the exact piece I needed. And I don't know. It's, it's just nice having each other to bounce ideas off of and like, just be a part of like the community in general. Yeah. It's like true interaction. Cause I don't know about you, but like, I don't care about my personal page, even the slightest, like I'll pop in on that feed. And it's just like people, like you were saying, posting pictures of themselves, their family, like them drinking, them going out to eat. It's like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. I don't even care to scroll through any of this. And then I go on my main page for my show, which is, it's become my main page. Like, I don't even use my personal, to be honest with you. Like I interact as increase of our reality. And it's like mm-hmm. every post I'm interested in, everybody that's on there, I want to talk to. It's like a totally different thing. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. And I switch the other feed and I'm like, well, this is boring. I'll make it like two down and then switch back. Like, yes. Yeah. Amen, brother. Let me tell you something. I commented on my cousin's Instagram post because I follow my family from my Instagram page for my podcast too. So she posted something uh, like a family photo or a video today. And I commented on it as Cosmic Peach Podcast. And I was like, oh, that's probably stupid because like I could just get on my own personal one and comment on it. But now I'm like assumed this identity of like I am my podcast. And I was like just commenting on my cousin's thing as like Cosmic Peach Podcast. And it's just. It almost looks cooler, though, if there's like a podcast interacting with them, it like makes them like look like they're interacting with like, I don't know, somebody like interesting, you know, (laughs) And I I have to tell you, you know, you and I started our journey at like the same time. And we didn't even realize that until like a couple of minutes ago before we started recording. It's like you started almost the same month as I did. So I feel like we're going through the experience kind of at the same pace. Like that's why we didn't even know like without each other, because we both came in at the same time. So we didn't know how long the other person had been in, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. And so I feel like a lot of the things that you're talking about, like I'm going through the same thing, like I've abandoned my personal Instagram and I'm Cosmic Peach Podcast now and meeting new people, whatever. But I have to tell you, just in general, it's given me so much just like day to day, like joy, happiness, love podcasting. Like if I could do this instead of my actual job, I would do it a hundred percent. You and me both. (laughs) Well, I would love to get it to that point eventually one day. And it's like Ryan always says, it's like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to make this like a career move. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want people to listen to my podcast. And that's how I feel too. It's like, I'm actually trying to make like interesting stuff 
that people enjoy listening to. And it's not like a joke to me, you know, I really want to make it a serious attempt to like to, you know. Yeah, that's me too. Like I have fun on the show. And of course, like I do it as a hobby, hoping it'll be something more one day, but it's like, I still take my show very seriously, you know, like, I, like I said, I have fun. I don't like overdo it, but like when it comes to timing, when it comes to scheduling, when it comes to making sure things get out, like I try to be as professional as possible with my show. Same with like the sound quality of my show, like anything I can do to make it come across as like a professionally produced podcast. Like I'm going to take the time to do that because I want to hopefully make this become a professionally produced podcast but absolutely no I'm I'm on the same page as you and I don't say like words have power so if I always say like oh I don't even care who listens to my podcast that I feel like that will be my outcome so if I am constantly building it up like I have a really awesome podcast everybody should listen to it like I want to be my own biggest fan because people respond to that you know if you are always shitting on your own podcast like oh I don't even care I just do it for fun like I don't care if anybody even listens to it I feel like that puts out that energy like this is just a joke I do it for fun it's nothing like so I always try to like build myself up like yeah I'm the best podcast like it doesn't matter if I am but just like be your own biggest fan like that's my thing I mean honestly I have like half my wardrobe is inquiries of our reality big dumb inquiries. Hopefully I got to order some soon for bizarre encounters is shirts. And my girlfriend's like, what you're a weirdo. Like, why are you wearing your own shirt? I'm like, because like, if I'm not like, why is it any different from if a guy that owns like a contract company is wearing like his contract company shirt? Like it's me, it's my thing. It's my dream. Like it's my project. Like, why wouldn't I want to promote it? You know? And the best way to promote it is fucking t-shirts. People see t-shirts, they look shit up. And I also slap random stickers in a lot of random places because I live near Detroit. And every time I go down there, I'll just stick your sticker. So, so, I have to tell you, I have this insanely brilliant idea and you can feel free to use it. I want to do like a sticker with the QR code for like Apple podcasts or Spotify for my podcast. And I want to have like my logo and like the QR code in the middle and then be like, do you love conspiracy theories? And then just like slap it on every bar bathroom I ever go in because I go to a lot of bars and I obviously the girls like line up in the bathroom. No surprise there. We're all doing our makeup and talking, whatever. And just to put like that sticker, like got conspiracy theories and then it's like scan the QR code and it takes you straight to my podcast. Like I've got so many ideas for like (laughs) just promoting my stuff. You know what I mean? I've thought about doing that too. The only difference was I was going to make it linked to my link tree so it could go to social media, all that kind of fun shit. And mm-hmm. I was also thinking about because business cards are way cheaper than stickers. They I was going to order a shit ton of fucking business cards. And anytime I see like bulletin boards and shit, I was just going to start sticking bolts like cards there. Cause then it's not like the stickers where it's like people pay for them or you have to pay for them. They're more expensive. Not everybody uses them like business cards. Like I'll hand that shit out like fucking free candy. Like I'll oh, like, yeah. like people can just take six fucking cards if they want to versus the stickers. You're kind of like, oh. I'm just going to give you one because I need the other ones. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so for my thing too, is like, I cover a lot of really dark stuff on my podcast. So I do want people to have like an inkling of what they're about to get into. So of course I talk about like the occult stuff, all the dark ritual magic, all of that on my show. So I don't want it to seem like they're about to scan a QR code and get hair and makeup tips. Yeah. Because, 
you know, my, my logo in itself just looks cute. Like it's girly, whatever. It doesn't really suggest anything. So I was like, oh, well, I'll do like got conspiracy theories or whatever to give them the clue. You're about to get into some crazy shit. So don't scan it if you're not interested. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got to hide like cryptids and shit in the corners and like UFOs Mm -hmm. and shit. I mean, my logo, I kind of made it pretty, pretty fucking obvious. But like, I don't know, my show is kind of wide ranged where it's like I'll be talking about vibrations and spirituality in one episode. We talk about cryptids and paranormal encounters in another and then I get into the dark side too, but like my main thing that I feel like I cover when it comes to the dark side is like pedophile elites and things like that. Cause I'm not afraid yeah, to too. talk about it and expose it. So like people have to keep in mind that one episode might be cryptids and the next year might hear about people fucking kids. Like, right, <laughs> I'm sorry, exactly. but it needs to get said. And that's what the show's for. <laughs> no, I, I, I do the same thing on my show. And if you want to hear something really fucking crazy, my boss at my nine to five job found out from someone else that I started a podcast and randomly just clicked on it and started listening to my episodes. And I was horrified. I talk so much shit about my work. I'd be scared of people listening to my work. (laughs) Oh, I hadn't said anything about my work, but the type of stuff like pedophilia and like all and I cuss and like all this, and I work for like a super duper Christian company. And so I was horrified that she had been listening to it. And then one day I get like a five-star review and I can tell it's her based off of the username. And it was like something really amazing. Like, oh my God, I didn't even realize like you were into all this stuff. Keep up the good work. There's more woke people than you think or what she left some really beautiful comment and ever since then at work she's given me like that like cowboy salute almost like hey I we're on the same page you may not know it but we are and now (laughs) inadvertently I've become even closer with like the people I work with because I'm like oh shit see people secretly love conspiracy theories whether they admit it or not it's whether or not they're scared to actually take it for what it is because it's Mm -hmm. like i i have like a back and forth with my work my work's very like woke in the bad way you know like we have to do like training for different genders all that kind of bullshit so i'll get myself in trouble sometimes talking but like there was one day that there's this like super christian girl that used to work at my work and uh, i don't even know somebody brought it up and i was like started talking about like priest fucking kids and the fact that they use confessional for like blackmail and the parents like in a way with the shit and my boss is just like Shane, not the time or place. Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I know. Cause you can get yourself in trouble by just saying like the most simple things. Like I have an avid sunscreen wearer in my life. And anytime I ever bring up, like, you know, it's the scientific thing that, you know, nothing about sunscreen is actually the problem. It causes skin cancer. People didn't it- get skin cancer before sunscreen started popping up. <laughs> Shane, that's what I'm talking about. And they will look at you like a deer in the headlights, like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that about sunscreen. Let alone me talk about a pedophilia cult. Like, you have to pick your audience, you know, you know your audience. You talking about picking your audience, like, because of the type of person I am, and I've like, it's kind of leaked out and made obvious at specific times. Uh, every single time they try to come to the building during COVID and shit and try to talk about COVID. 
like they would skip over the slides if I was in the room talking about like the fact that it's safe and shit. Like my boss would go up to like the girl doing the presentation. I see her kind of do like a little side whisper and then she'd skip slides. Like, <laughs> yeah, good fucking choice. Cause I was the smart ass when they were like, you have to have a mask on you. I'm like, all right, I have to have a mask on me. So I carry it like I'm in my back pocket, like different shit at work because I work at a grow. So it's like hot and fucking humid. Like and I'm in a room by myself. Like I'm not going to wear a fucking mask. Are you stupid? So they'd be like, you have to wear your mask. I'd be like, yeah, it says have your mask on you. They're like, yeah, so I have your mask on you. I'm like, my mask is on me. <laughs> I mean, it's on my person. If you're asking, it's on my person. It's just not covering my air holes like that. Maybe you should change your rules if uh, you have a problem with that, but you never change them. It says mask on you. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I am the same way. And thank God I work where I work because it's a corporate office. I'm obviously like one of those corporate office ladies that calls you when you're in trouble, like HR. Um, but the type of company it is, they didn't really push masks like too hard, like maybe right in the thick of COVID, they'd be like, we understand you don't want to wear it, but literally you have to, because this is like the thing. And if we don't comply, then we'll get shut down and we can't get shut down. So you have to, so it wasn't the same thing with like this, the stabs they did not. I never did it. A lot of people didn't do it and they never pushed it on us. So like, thank God for that. My work was going to try to, and uh, they were doing something at first. They're going to offer a hundred bucks for if people got it, which I thought was stupid because then people can't make a rational decision on whether or not it's right for them at that point. Cause dumb people are blinded by money. But uh, yeah, they were uh, going to try to make us all have like mandatory vaccines, but they, I guess they had a meeting with all the head growers, all the different high ups and stuff. And they were like, all right, you realize that, Yes, we may be a progressive company, but there's like the new age stoners that are like the progressive people. And then there's like the old school stoners, which are anti-government, anti-conspiracy. So that being said, or not anti-conspiracy, but like anti-government, anti-whatever. But that being said, if you make this mandatory, we're going to lose half of our employees. And they decided not to because of that, because I told my boss straight up, like, if we make mandatory vaccines, like, I'm out. Sorry, you can go fuck yourself. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, oh, I will right. gladly go find another fucking job. <laughs> I was in the same boat and I actually, you know, I don't want to like honk my own horn or whatever, but the, the thing is, is I told a lot of people, friends, family, whoever I said, if it comes down to it, I will go back to like serving at a restaurant before I'll do it. And I also did hair for a long time. So I'm not going to go without money. I have skills. I can survive. I'll be fine. And they all would laugh at me like, Julia, you're going to end up getting it. Like if they say you're going to get fired, you're going to get it. And I was like, watch. The job is not worth it because you can't it go wasn't. back after you get it. It's just a no. fucking job. <laughs> right. And so it came time where they were really putting the pressure on it. Like not just at work, but like outside in the world too. Like, hey, you have to have this thing. And, um, I didn't, I still haven't, I never will. And, um, my yep. sister actually was like, so shocked. She was like, I just thought you would cave. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. I'm not caving, but I she's heard... got her like 37th booster. I was, uh, do you listen to macro aggression? Mm -mm. So, um, shout out to Charlie Robinson. He's a really cool guy. He gets, he does like monologues about conspiracies and stuff, but his newest episode, he was talking about well, it won't be newest when this comes out, but if everybody wants to go check it out, he talks about like COVID numbers and he was saying, I believe it was like 80% of the U S is vaccinated like multiple times. 
So like, you know, we think that this anti-vax community is like way bigger than it is, but it's like only apparently 20% according to this. I mean, statistics can be are obviously always fucking wrong, but like that's just 20% of us. Like we feel like our community is big, but there's 20% of us. Like everybody else fucking caved. Like, Do I, you know why I feel like that is scary? Uh, I'll just tell you right now. And I, um, I'm just going to be honest with you. I feel like we're going to get to a point where like unvaxxed females and unvaxxed males could like sell our eggs and shit. That was the joke that sperm's going to be the new Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. I 100% uh, believe that because for me personally, I, you know, don't want to tell the story because it's not my story to share, but a lot of females I know have been really fucked off by some after effects. Same here. I I know a good handful too. Like they're getting weird periods. They're getting like, there's some stuff going on with that. And they're look, they look older to me. I'm just going to put that out there. They look like they've aged maybe like five, 10 years. That's extra scary too. If it's population control, cause they couldn't have it all happen right away. It would have to be a long-term effect. So that's still mm-hmm. a theoretical probability of what it was intended for in the first place. Oh, also funny side note. I wanted to mention, uh, according to the statistics, Charlie was talking about the number one profession that refuses to get them is agriculture. And I thought that was hilarious because technically like cultivating weed would be agriculture. So I'm like, that's funny because that's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And there are pockets of people like you and I who, who, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'll never do it. They didn't do it. I just think we're going to have to keep this same level of, I, I don't know, this off. thing is, it's scaring me because now it's not, it's not going to be COVID jabby, boosty, boosty. It's going to be like some smallpox thing that they're trying to Push Did you hear about that hand hand and foot disease thing that's popping up in India? I feel like that's going to be the next one that pops up. Or foot and mouth disease, whatever the hell it's called. That's that's not a new like condition to get. Like little kids get hand, foot, and mouth or whatever. All They're the saying time. this one's geared towards adults, though. That was the weird part about it. So yeah, that's, that's why I was that's feeling like this might be weird. weird. Yeah, because <laughs> little kids get it at daycare all the time. Like I used to work for a hospital and I used to schedule like surgeries and stuff. And I scheduled for like different clinics. And I worked out for like a pediatric clinic and a lot of kids would come in from like daycare or kindergarten head start those ages. And they would have like hand, foot, mouth, whatever that condition is. Um, but it was really only ever little kids that got that shit. Cause they're dirty, they're breathing and spitting all over each other and stuff like that happens. But like for it to be now adults, it does seem a little suspicious. I mean, it does make sense in India just for the sake of like overpopulation, uh, just like how yeah. dirty a lot of places are in that country because of pollution, different things like that. Like not talking bad about any part of India specifically, but just looking at it from like an observational standpoint, because I've never been there, but just from like everything that I see. So like it would make sense that if that was going to start anywhere, it would be there. But that being said, also um, like maybe because of like you said that it's a very like dirty contact kind of thing. Like it may not spread nearly as bad in other places just because the country isn't so overpopulated and uh, for lack of better terms, like dirty from pop or from pollution. And yeah, if anybody doesn't want to look into that, look at like the rivers of plastic and shit like that they have going on in India. But 
Oh yeah, no, definitely. And um, I have to be honest, I've seen some chicks with this monkey pox thing. And um, I'll tell you that would keep me in my house. The, the fear of getting that on my face would keep me in my house. COVID, not going to keep me in my house. Like I've kicked it in the ass. I already had it. I know what it's like. It wasn't awful. I could do it again. Something on my face, pustules on my fucking face would keep me in my house. So that is scary. But I mean, I would stay in my house theoretically, but I wouldn't get a vaccine for it still. Like, you know, oh, that's, no, that's kind of where I'm at. Or like, yeah. you know, I just... I like my personal space anyway. Like one thing that I didn't have an issue with about COVID was the six foot rule because I fucking hate when I'm at the grocery store and somebody's like breathing down my neck and shit. Like I like having enough space to fully put my arms out, people standing Mm -hmm. around me. So it's just like, I would just interact with that or enact that more with the monkeypox thing because it's contact based. So it's like, just back the fuck up, bro. And I shouldn't have any problems anyways. You know, I can still go about my life. I can still do everything that I'm doing. And it's like, you don't need to be that fucking close to people you don't know anyways, you know? Oh, no. Have you seen pictures of this? Yeah, I have. (laughs) Like severe pictures, like day five pictures. I've seen a handful of pictures. I don't know, like exactly like when they were in the process of it. Okay, so when we get all done with this, I'm sending you a video on Instagram that you have to look at. This chick had them in her mouth on the inside of her fucking lips all over her face and i'm telling you it looked gangrene it was so and then i showed my husband and he goes well she probably sucked some bad dick or something and because there was that thing about it's it's sexually transmitted whatever um now she was eating some booty (laughs) but she was doing something okay (laughs) something I can't have that happen to me. I'll be dead honest with you. I will live like a fucking hermit before I'll, I, I mean, it just looks painful. It looks disgusting. It looks awful. And they, if they were going to petrify people, they should have started with the monkeypox. to be honest with you, because I've had the flu. I've had all types of flu. COVID did not scare me one bit whatsoever. And I'm a terrain theory kind of person. Or at least I lean towards being a terrain theory kind of person. So COVID for me was like, there's something going on here. It doesn't make sense. Maybe it's a direct energy weapon. I don't know. But this pox shit. Hell fucking no. I do not want any bit or piece of that at all. So it just honestly reminds me of like an STD. Like my assumption would have been the same as like your boyfriend or your mm-hmm. husband, but like not necessarily in that wording manner, but like I would have assumed that it was from some type of like sexual contact. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. That being said, like the whole hookup culture is kind of bad anyways. So like, you know, how about we stop hooking up and start actually making legitimate connections with people? And then I guarantee you shit like that won't spread nearly as easy, you know, because that's oh, the problem yeah. is that if you have somebody that you know and care about, you know, they don't have it. You can do things. You're not worried about it. You hook up mm-hmm. with some random person. You know, you don't know where they came from, what they've been, who they've been with, like they may not be showing anything, but they might have some shit like that's the same as STDs. It's literally like the same fear because STDs, you'll have like physical things on you that are irritating to deal with. So same rule applies, man. Just like know who you're around, who they've been with and like what they've been in contact with, you know? Oh yeah. If you don't know that, then like, there's not really a reason to get that like physically close to somebody. 
I never get physically close to anybody and I work in a cubicle. So I pretty much close the door to my cubicle and it's like, fuck off, unless you're going to give me some paperwork or something I have to fill out. But on the day-to-day basis, I feel like two positive things have come out of this just to go off your point. A positive thing that came out of COVID. I would not have a podcast if COVID never happened. Same here too. It kind of gave me like a reason to speak up and finally like say, fuck you and make a stand, you know? Mm -hmm. I did not listen to one podcast before COVID. Didn't care about them. Least of my interest was listening to somebody talk all day. I mean, I was on the Rogan game. Um, I was starting to branch into conspiracy stuff, but I definitely got deeper into it when COVID started where I got more into like the, I guess not like scratching the tip of the iceberg type shows, but like the shows were like, they dive fucking deep, deep, deep into some shit. Right. That was pretty much my journey. It's like my conspiracy theory knowledge before COVID was like 9-11 was a setup. I watched Zeitgeist all the time. Like I had a pretty good understanding of basic conspiracy theories that the normal person would say like, oh, JFK assassination, whatever. I was a conspiracy theorist in that way. But before, like then COVID hit and I started seeking it out. Like there's gotta be somebody talking about this. There's gotta be. And that's when I found like the podcast world and a lot of people were talking about it. And um, that's how, you know, and now flash forward here we are i have my own podcast it's very important for people to be out here on a platform talking about this kind of stuff and you know i commend anyone who has the bravery to step up and do so because it's like i said maybe 95 percent of the people i work with at my corporate job feel the same way i do but they'll never say that 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 will never come up right and I, I feel like with the sexually transmitted thing, like you're saying, like, why aren't people in relationships? Why aren't people with trustworthy individuals that aren't out here, like running the streets? Maybe if we can pull anything positive out of something like this, it would be like, hey, you do realize that when you have sex with someone, you don't know where they've been. You get fucking monkeypox in your mouth. Like that's an extreme situation. But it's like you said, Even crabs, it's kind of hard to tell in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's just kind of like a push towards monogamy a little bit, which sounds, you know, extreme of me to say that, but it is because the world is kind of at this tipping point. We're at this pinnacle where there's a lot of people realizing that being spiritual and speaking truth and knowing truth will lead you down a path of like monogamy respect loving each other caring for each other and when you are vax this trust the science everything the news says is right blah 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 i'm blue hair i this that and the third thing you find out like it's mostly those type of people that are having the major issues yeah literally because and ironically that's all the teachers (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah i will fight for my right to be able to teach about sex to kindergartners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they show up with monkeypox the next week because they was at the gay club or whatever. I mean, I'm sorry if people like going to the gay club, but that's just my like opinion. Stop sucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, my friend, the other day we went out for drinks. Um, it was like me and my husband and like her and her boyfriend. Um, and she was like, I want to take you to this new club. 
and it's so fun. You'll love it. They play Britney Spears all night. And I was like, I want to go anywhere that plays Britney Spears all night. And so we get to this club and she's like, the drinks are really strong. They got like a disco ball and like everything in my mind is like perfect, wonderful, amazing. We get there. It's a gay club. Of course. <laughs> it's a gay club. And it happens to be uh, Cowboys night. And like, it's a bunch of dudes with their shirts off with like these little shorty shorts and like just cowboy hats on. And they're all dancing Britney Spears. It's this whole thing. And a bunch of blue haired girls, all that running around. The drinks were strong and I needed them to get through the night because yeah, they all say, had... where the fuck am I? <laughs> oh, I felt like I was in the twilight zone or something because, you know, that's just not my scene. And like everybody had natural deodorant on. They all smelled like fucking B.O. It was terrible, awful. I had a, a horrible time. And, uh, you know, like it's nothing against that type of crowd. If like you want to go there, that's your thing. But I'm used to like going to the club. And like having straight guys hit on me and they all look good and they smell good and they've showered and like they're wearing cologne and they're, hey girl, what's your name? That's my kind of scene. Okay. I had these blue haired girls coming up to me and I was like, listen, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm just here with my friend. We're just here to drink and dance Britney Spears. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. It was like <laughs> the craziest experience I've had, like in a long time. It's top five, like craziest experiences. Uh, not to get, to sidetrack because I definitely want to get into your paranormal stuff before you know mm -hmm. we start running out of time and stuff but kind of a funny situation pretty close to like what you had I guess um I used to clean windows for this window cleaning company so they sent me to this place to clean windows in the morning so I'm cleaning the windows it looks like a sports bar just like a standard fucking sports bar right um and then uh, it's getting close to opening time because they would do like lunch and all that kind of bullshit and uh they start playing just like very uh for lack of a better term like gay club music so i'm just like what's going on here this is like a sports bar and then uh the fucking owner of the place like comes up and is like talking to me about the windows and stuff and kind of does like one of those quick little sly like lines at me and then i like look around and i start kind of coming two and two together and i go up to the guy at the bar who was like a very like normal dude and he was pretty much like hey bro like if you didn't get the hint like this is a gay sports bar He's like, I'm straight and I pick up all the women here because they come in. They want to hang out at like a sports bar. They don't want to be bothered by like guys going to a sports bar. So they come to the gay sports bar because then the guys won't hit on them. And then they had a pity on me because I'm the only straight guy here. So he's like, it works out for me. So you and I are the only two straight ones here. But just so you know, that's what's going on here. So mm -hmm. after that, and I figured that out, it was just like I go into that place like knowing like what the shindig was you know and this dude always slide like little quick lines at me and shit and i'm just like damn this is not my fucking scene <laughs> oh my god yeah no i had like a death grip on my husband the whole time because there was some guys trying to hollow you know he was over at the bar and i was with my friend and like he was like oh my god i need to get out of here and i was like okay we'll go but um I like guys flirting with me. I'm not one of those chicks that's like, if I was pumping gas at the gas station and a guy was like, hey, just want to say you look really nice today. Like my, I would be like so flattered. That to me is so strange. These women coming out, like, don't talk to me. It's weird. Like it's all rapey. It's like, I've never been that type of person, but. I guess it depends on who comes up to you and the manner in which they do it, which exactly. sounds kind of fucked up, but like a really handsome guy can go up to a girl and be like, hey girl, how's it going? And then like a really like goofy guy can come up to a girl and be like, hey, girl, how's it going the same way? Except one's going to be 
flattering and one's going to be creepy, you know, mm-hmm. like it fortunately it sounds kind of fucked up, but it all kind of depends on like your physical look. Cause it's like, you know, if some normal ass dude, even if it was some dude that he's like, you know, 20 years older than you um, came up to you and said something like that, it wouldn't be weird. But then you get like some old, older guy, you know, that's like, say like the, like the local drunk kind of looking guy. And he could say the same exact thing. Like, Oh, you look beautiful. And you're going to be like, fuck dude. Like back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing I would say like about that and then I'll kind of get into like my paranormal stuff is um the drunk guys that are weird like that are going to do that regardless of what the culture is. That's just the kind of person they are. You're never going to get rid of those kind of guys. But what this whole thing has done is the nice guys who are polite and actually just want to like get to know somebody can't they feel intimidated to approach because of like this culture thing now. Dude, and you can be like I don't know. Just let, let's just use me for example. I'm not like the average like look for like what girls would be looking for at a club or anything like that. But it's like I could go up to a girl who might be interested in a guy like me, and she would say, you know, be you know, be into the comment. I could go up to a girl that's like, uh, again, for lack of better terms, just let's just say like a basic white girl, you know, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, whatever, and she's gonna be like, ew, what the fuck, creep. But the other girl's gonna be like, oh, hey, like, how's it going, you know? So it's yeah. like. Even just being, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm handsome or oh, I'm ugly or anything like that, but just being like a normal, like looking guy too. It's like, you have to judge the situation because that's, that's where it falls into is that you're a normal guy. You're not doing anything weird. You hit on that girl out of your league, you know, so to speak. I don't want to say anybody's out of anybody's league, but she thinks she's out of your league and it's going to get geared the wrong way. So now an average guy that's nothing wrong with him is going to be scared to hit on a girl just because this girl took it as creepy, you know, or was like, tells her friend like, Oh, watch this guy. Like he, he hit on me. Like, this is weird. You know, like mm-hmm. scares people away. It's the whole like dating culture nowadays. It's all fucked all around. And I'm happy that I found somebody before, like I'm happy. I'm, out of it did. Well. <laughs> yeah. I'm married. I'm like, whatever. I met my husband the old fashioned way at like a house party. I approached him because you know, actually I thought he was a pompous ass the first time I met him, but <laughs> now here we are. But um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about some of my cosmic peach podcast stuff. Um, basically how I got started is I sent a five-star review on Apple to ghost. And I basically said like, I love your show. You're awesome. Keep it up, whatever. Actually it was really long and detailed. I don't remember it now, but I found him on Instagram and started following him. And um, I think I sent him like a reel or something to some Disney thing that was really creepy. And he responded back to the message and he goes, were you the one that wrote that really long five-star review, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, that was me. And he was like, oh, I have to tell you, like that made my day. That was so awesome. Thank you. And I pretty much said, I have a lot of paranormal stories that are really cool about my family and stuff. I've never told anyone, only my family knows about it. Um, If you ever want me to come on, I'd be happy to do that. And he was like, yeah, let's make it happen. So I just recorded that first episode with him and he was like, oh my God, that's crazy, whatever, whatever. And I said, but I also know a lot of weird stuff about like the Da Vinci Code and like Mary Magdalene and like all this stuff. So I went on his show a couple times, got the feel for it, started my own podcast. But what started it all was this crazy stuff that happened to me like as a kid with my family. And, um, you know, to make a long story short, 
there was like some type of weird portal activity at this house that my family was living in. And essentially we would see our family members up and walking around the house and call to them, but it wouldn't be them. And these were not deceased loved ones. It was living people. And it was actually my grandparents' house that they built with their own hands. Like it wasn't an old house. It was brand new. It might've been something to do with the land. But like, let's say I was in the kitchen and I was washing dishes. I'd turn around and I'd see like my cousin, Brooke. And I'd be like, hey, Brooke, what's up? Casual, just talk to her. And it was like, it looked like Brooke, but there was like this dead stare. Like she would just stare at me, blank eyes, and just like go walk out the garage door, like to go, the door to go out into the garage. And I was like, what a bitch, you know, like. And then I would see the real Brooke come in from the hallway. And it was stuff like that happening. And I'd be like, how did you get from the garage like back and then come? And she was like, I've been in my room sleeping. Like, I don't, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Was this apparition like, like solid or was it like slightly transparent or anything? I was looking at you. Hmm. It looked just like you would never suspect anything weird whatsoever. And what started happening is other family members were having this go on seeing people from our family walking around the house but it was not them and like my grandma would wake up in the morning she'd be making breakfast and she'd be like I saw you in my room last night and I was like I promise I wasn't in your room last night and it just got to the point where it got creepier and creepier and to to the point where my grandma would be like I saw you dancing in the hallway last night and obviously it wasn't me this is gonna sound weird but like uh did she describe like what kind of dancing did it seem like it was like i guess for lack of better term like like ritualistic dancing or just like fun dancing or like was it was like was it like a certain type of dancing that she claimed she saw well she was a hick we all are but she'd say it this way she'd say i saw you dancing a jig in the hallway last night and I, I was terrified just at her saying that. So I, I would assume be- it'd be some kind of like little fun thing. Like it almost kind of is like creepier because I imagine like the Pennywise dance, you know? <laughs> right. That's how I, that's how I imagined it too. When she said it that way. And I would have these dreams, like really, really, really vivid dreams where I would be in the house and it would feel like I was really walking down the hallway and like, I would open the door to go to the bathroom And when I would open the door, I would like fall out into space and like, just be like tumbling through space. And like, it was weird, crazy. And then I would have dreams where there would be like something hovering over me. And then I'd wake up and be like too terrified to like open my eyeballs, you know, and see if it was really there. Was it like almost like an astral travel dream? Like, do you feel like it wasn't necessarily a dream, but like you leaving your body in the astral realm slash like still in this realm. Like it was almost like a, I don't know, like a sixth sense kind of feeling in the aspect of the one hovering over you. And then I guess astral traveling in the aspect of like you falling through the bathroom. I do. I feel like I was out of my body because it felt like insidious. Like 
if you've ever seen that movie where you really feel like you're there and it's really happening to you. Cause I would wake up like in a pool of sweat. Like I'd have to change my t-shirt cause I'd be sweating so bad. And the same thing would happen to my cousin. Cause we all took turns living with my grandma while she was like getting in her older years and like needed help cleaning up around the house and stuff. So we like me and my family lived there. Then we moved out and then like my cousin and her family moved in and they took care of my grandma and then they moved out. So we all had experiences independent of each other that were all the same, which kind of like corroborated it later on when we finally shared that with each other. And like my cousin would say, she was so terrified to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom that she would just leave empty cups in her room because she knew if she woke up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom, she would not leave her room. So she'd just pee in a cup. How old was she? She was a senior in high school. So this is like, I wanted to show to the listeners that this is an age where it's not just like a kid playing around. Like if there's somebody that's a legitimate, basically adult that's scared enough that they're peeing in cups in their room. Oh yeah. And she was so embarrassed about it. Like she didn't tell me that until we were full grown, like adults that she, she used to do that. And there was times where it would just be like, you could feel something or we never wanted to go in the basement. There was like a lot of orbs in the basement. And um, what eventually ended up happening is it just kept building and building and building. My grandma passed away. They sold the house. We don't know if the new owners have seen anything there, but they also... So after they lived in that house, there was another house they moved into where weird stuff would happen, where like my baby cousin would bang her head in the floor and it looked like she wasn't doing it on her own. Like it just looked like something was like shoving her head in the floor. She, you know, would fly across the room. I never saw this stuff. This is coming from my aunt and my aunt got like suicidal when she lived there. And then they find out later there was a guy that killed himself in that house. And it was just all this weird stuff. I was going to say, I kind of got that like energy vampire vibe from it. Because every time somebody gets depressed in a house where there's paranormal activity, I just myself, I assume that it's because of something sucking their positive energy out and leaving them with only like negative emotions and feelings Mm -hmm. because they thrive on that shit. Like anything paranormal Like they want you to feel scared. They want you to feel angry because that's the energy that they can like thrive on. Oh, yes. They're not stealing your positive energy, but they're making all of your energy negative so that they can harness it for themselves. Yeah. And so I, I did tell this story on the New York Patriot show and I'll back up a little bit to give you an idea why maybe our family members are so sensitive about this is my great grandpa was, um, what they call like a mountain healer. And he lived in like way up in like the holler of Kentucky, no electricity, dirt floors. They grew everything that they ate, no electricity and nothing. But everyone knew who my great grandfather was because they would come with weird random illnesses and he would just like lay hands on them and say this little whisper, like a little incantation thing and he would heal them. And it was something that had been passed down to him. And he was supposed to pass it down to the seventh son, or in this case, daughter of the family, because there was no boys, really. So actually, 
he passed it along to my aunt before he died. And she was supposed to pass it to one of the great grandkids before she died, but she actually died suddenly. So there was no chance of us, you know, talking to her about it. Um, quick question before you get too far into it. Um, when you say he was like a mountain healer and he would like touch people to like heal them, um, was it more of like the mystical healer or was it more like that, like, like Christian touch, like in the church kind of thing? Cause you said Kentucky and I assume that it's kind of like a religious area. So, um, just like what kind of, what kind of the spectrum yeah. was he on for like the, the hand healer? It was like a hybrid because they were Christian but he had this little saying he would say that's a secret to us because the secret died with my aunt but it was a very specific little saying that he would put his hands on them he could feel wherever the thing was coming from and then he would say like this little thing and it would they would miraculously be healed some people call that like faith healing they the person just believed so much in the fact that he could do it that they healed themselves but it was literally this thing or magic words, theoretically that right, could have been passed right. on from generations. Was, and so before he died, he called my aunt into the room alone with him. And he told her whatever the little saying was that he used to recite this little incantation thing. And she knew it. And then she died suddenly. So she couldn't tell us what it was. It was like a serious secret, whatever it was. And, um, we always say like we're more sensitive because of that maybe it's just something in our dna our bloodline whatever we descended from like our great grandpa who was like this healer maybe he was psychic maybe whatever he was just more sensitive and it does seem like shamanistic principles tend to run in a family though right yeah and so later on my um my grandmother so that would have been her father she marries my grandpa and they build a church with their bare hands and they have a pretty good little decent following a lot of people go to our church i grew up in the church and my grandma is like this they would always go to my grandma right like pray for me like and so (laughs) i don't know if it was just the fact that we were christian and she was praying for them or the fact that who her father was but there was like this thing about my grandma where she would just be that person they would always want to go to like, Hey, pray for me. Like anytime you pray for me, you're like a prayer warrior. And it always, and she would be like, I don't know what it is. They always want me to pray for it. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so they got sick and old and obviously the church, we had to sell it. We had to sell the house, everything, because they had a lot of medical bills and stuff. So that kind of faded away, but we still had like this sensitive part of us and it carried through. Like we would always have bad feelings about stuff. And then we'd get in a car accident, like weird stuff like that has happened to my family. And, um, I think legitimately though, that gut feeling is something that we all naturally have, but we have strayed away from it where some people still have that connection to that and most people don't kind of like animals being able to sense weather like humans can't do it but i guarantee you at a certain point we could but we started to evolve not you know using technology different things like that using different instruments so now we can't connect to that anymore but Mm -hmm. uh like me myself i'm one of those people that it's like if i have a gut feeling about something i always trust it so i don't know maybe it is something that only certain people have or maybe it's uh 
like something that we all have. You just have to be in tune with it. But sorry, yeah, a little sidebar. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's a sensitivity thing. I think more some people are just more sensitive to picking up on that kind of stuff. And essentially what happened is <laughs> my family members died in the order that they were saved exactly three years apart from each other. Huh. This is going to sound weird, but was there three of them? So there was three daughters and then my grandparents. So five altogether? Five altogether. Oh, I was going to say if it was three and three, I would have taken that as like six, six, six. You know what I mean? Because if there's three people that passed away three years apart, I don't know. I kind of see like the double, the double the three to make six. Get this shit. This shit is so like, there's no explaining it. So they died in the order they were saved by Jesus Christ. Right. They, they died in the order they were saved. My, the oldest of the sisters, my aunt, she died first at like 54 from this obscure ass disease, some disease of the mind. Um, that it, it's literally it's called Louis bodies disease like I had never heard of it it's super obscure it only happens to like people in their 80s but she died from that disorder at like 54 three years later my grandpa dies of a disease of the mind three years later my grandma dies of a disease of the mind three years later my mom dies, not of a disease of the mind, but she died of breast cancer that was stage four when they found it. And the tumor that she had was the size of an avocado pit. Holy like shit. it was a super aggressive cancer. It just like took her out like that. It was so traumatic. It was awful. And then three years later, just recently, like, I guess it would be, this is scary, but it was three years ago this year that my other aunt died suddenly. And I don't want to say how, because it's not like my place to say how, but she died suddenly. It was horrible. It was horrific. And (laughs) then we go back. One of my, um, I think she would be like my great cousin. I don't know how that works, but she did this ancestry DNA thing. And she called my sister. She goes, did you know that mama, who is my grandmother had a miscarriage? And we were like, I think we remember like maybe hearing something about it. it was like a long time ago. What? And she goes, well, she had a miscarriage in 1953 and the baby was alive for like three hours and he's buried in this cemetery. His name was Terry on the, on the birth certificate. They had named him and everything. And I go, my oldest aunt was born in 1950. So he would have been born and died three years after she was born. So there was six altogether. Huh? Yeah. Cause I don't know, just the whole fact that it's like they were saved and then it goes in the threes and sixes. I don't know. Maybe there was a a different connection there. Maybe there was something attached. Um, Maybe it was some type of like, I don't know, like, uh, she had the means to cure all these people if she would have passed on that gift, but she didn't. So maybe it was like uh, one of those things where like the universe like was like, it sounds kind of fucked up, but like taking back for the fact that the gift didn't get passed on. 
because I don't want to say like a curse kind of a thing, yeah, but just like weird. you could have it's saved these people if you passed on the gift kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of the times when I've told this story about they there was six of them, they died exactly three years apart. It was it's all weird. And they'll be like, I can just I, I just see that look on their face like they're they're having trouble grasping that this has really been like my life, our life as a family. And I, I, (laughs) I'll be like, you could literally look up their obituaries and count the years. I, and I've done this before with a girl I work with. She was like exactly three years. And I was like to the season, it's either been in November or December that they die. And (laughs) when I finally, I'll be like, this is my grandma's obituary. This is my grandpa's obituary. And it's been three years, three years. And she'll be like, okay, well, when's the next three years? And I was like, thanks. Like, that's the last thing I want to think of is like, what else is going to happen? Like, I don't want to think like that. I do feel like it was a generational thing. And like, maybe us as grandkids have transcended that in a way, because we, um, you're like the next generation after they're all still kind of like part of the same generation of people. Yeah, they are. And so I do feel like in a way we have broken that there are seven of us. And I do, I think that kind of offsets it a little bit too, because there was like six of them and that there's seven of us. So that's like the number of completion. (laughs) Yeah. You got the unholy and then the holy number. (laughs) Right. But they were always sensitive to stuff. They would always have bad feelings about stuff. And then something really, you know, traumatic would happen. We saw ghosts and weird things. And like, obviously if anybody wants to hear the full story from start to finish, they can go on my podcast and listen to my haunted history. That's the name of the episode. But I do want to say one of the things when you asked me, like, what did my grandma describe? Like when I was dancing, I have to tell you this story. Um, my sister came to spend the night with my grandma. And I was, I actually was in a separate bedroom in my own bedroom. My mom slept in the bed with me all throughout high school because I was terrified. And we were in our bedroom and she had nowhere else to sleep. So she got in the bed with my grandma. And she said she woke up in the middle of the night and she saw what she thought was my cousin Brooke. She was like, I didn't know why she was there. I thought maybe she was spending the night with you guys just visiting. And I called to her and she said, it looked like Brooke. Mind you, she does not know we've all seen Brooke before. (laughs) Mostly it's always Brooke for whatever reason. And so she's like describing it to us and she's just got like, she's white as a ghost. And she's like, it looked like Brooke standing in the hallway. And she said, I called to her. And she kind of like turned and faced me, but she didn't say anything. And I kind of like got up out of bed a little bit and was like, Brooke, like what's going on? And it just like the fucking exorcist and like Brooke bent backwards in the hallway and started walking like the crab walk backwards down the hallway. And my sister, she's really religious. So she obviously, she was like, it was a demon. Yeah. And I said, what did you do? And she said, I prayed the blood of Jesus like all over me. And I just prayed the blood of Jesus. And it just kind of slunk off into the darkness of the hallway. And I said, well, what, 
what the fuck did you do after that? Did it disappear? Like, Like, did it go in a room? (laughs) Yeah. I said, what did you turn the TV on? Like I wouldn't have been able to sleep after that. And she was like, mama didn't have a TV. (laughs) It's in her bedroom. And she was like, and I definitely wasn't getting up to go into the living room down the hallway where the fucking thing crept off. So she was like, I laid like a fucking wax dummy in the bed for the rest of the night, just praying until the sunlight started to come through the window. And I had a piece about it and I got a little bit of sleep. And she said, I never told anybody because I didn't want to scare mom off. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's like, uh. I don't know. It brings in like a whole other presence to it. Cause then you like mm-hmm. combine that interaction. You combined, uh, you said your, it was a, your, your, the baby that was getting her head hit against yeah. the wall. Um, I don't know. That just takes on that whole like demonic principle because it's like childhood trauma with that one. You have the possession idea and then you have the combination of just like the, the threes and the sixes. And it just kind of makes me wonder if, uh, maybe it was never, that person's energy in the first place that was in that house. Maybe it's something totally different that might be attached to one of your family members. Like, uh, did you say that your grandma passed away? That was the one that lived in that house. Yeah, that was her. Mm-hmm. Has anything happened since she passed away? Like may it, may it have been something tied to her? I have to say there was a lot of weird stuff going on between like my grandma and like my mom, like they didn't never get along. And, um, my mom used to describe my grandma as like the mom from Carrie. If you ever saw that movie. So do you think it may just be a principle of negative energy where like, you know, you hear about a household that's has a lot of bad things going on and then hauntings start happening because it starts feeding off that negative energy or, do you think that because she described her like the mom from Carrie, maybe there was some trauma in the past that there was just dark energies attached to her because of the person she may have been in the past? So I would equate it to something like this. And I'm telling you this God honest truth. Like I've not made any of this up. I can actually like go back and show you and have, I actually had my family members come on and talk about it and you can hear their perspective on this, but I feel like because we were a little bit extra sensitive to picking up on that kind of stuff, just from the background that we had, maybe there was like some poltergeist-ish activity that we were manifesting because human beings are electric and you get like a ton of us in the same house living with each other and you can manifest something like that, a portal, you can manifest weird poltergeist activity just because human beings are so electric and if you're so sensitive to that kind of thing maybe you could manifest something like that and you don't even realize you've done it true another thing i was kind of thinking too is that uh your grandpa who built the church things like that and was the the one that could do the hand thing um like what if that started earlier in the line you were saying in your family maybe that wasn't like a holy gift in the first place like maybe there was some type of uh, like deal made at some point and it had to continue down the family. And maybe that's why the church was built is it was kind of that concept of oh, like, you're frozen. Oh, you're frozen, but I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Shane, you're frozen. Am I frozen now? Okay, there you are. Good. It says my internet connection is, oh no, it's your internet connection that says it's unstable. 
Oh, shit. Start getting into some shit. And, you know, that's when you start having tech issues. Shane, I'm, tell- I'm telling you that is not a coincidence. Because I was talking about, yeah, like, what if you're somewhere down the family line? It wasn't a holy gift. It was a dark gift. And like, that's maybe why your grandpa built the church, things like that is because maybe he knew it was a dark gift. So he was trying to bring back karma on the other end. And then afterwards it just unleashed this thing. And it could have been just kind of hidden in your family past that maybe somebody made like a deal with the devil, so to speak. And that could have been why there's like this demonic presence. You are the first one to say that. And I don't know why, but I got chills when you said that. And we had tech issues. Every single yes. time I start talking about demons and I feel like I get onto some shit, I swear there's always some type of tech issue because they work through energy, man. <laughs> I do not I do not know why, but when you said that, I got chills. And that is the first time I've ever heard somebody say that out of their mouth. And I don't know if it's because people are scared to say that because they don't want to offend me. But I went on Ghost's show for someone to tell me why they think that this stuff has happened. And like my mommy died. Like, do you think I want my mom and all my loved ones to have died like three years apart? That's it. It's actually creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would I, why would I make that up? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's bizarre fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. Like at no point for any, not because this is a, an audio episode, obviously for all the people listening, but uh, like, I'm a very good judge of character, people telling stories. So for everybody that is curious, like I have, had no hankering of anything being over exaggerated at all through this thing. So like you can hear her story, believe it the way that you want to believe it. But from my standpoint, like I 100% believe that everything she's saying is truthful. And exactly like she said, the details of the story, like are things that you wouldn't make up and you couldn't make up because you don't want to manifest bad things to happen by making up a story like that. No, I, yeah. And, and there's been other people who have had stuff like this happen to them, you know, their families grew up in a haunted house and they saw, but it was like, no matter where we moved, some weird thing like that would happen at whatever house we were at. And that might be that tie that maybe it was like, you do this, but when you stop doing this, then maybe something is able to semi take form. And in turn, maybe it was linked to your bloodline. And that's why it was able to take the form of more solid things instead of ghost-like things, um, just because Mm -hmm. it had that connection and blood possibly to your family. Yeah. And like they, there was this one time my aunt said she walked into the living room and she, she knew it was my mom. She was like, I just obviously went right up to her and started talking. And my aunt was like long winded. It's maybe it's a Hamilton thing, but she just started telling like this long story to my mom. And she noticed like my mom wasn't responding or anything or like making conversation so she kind of my aunt kind of like walked around the back of the couch in front of my mom and was like what's going on like why aren't you talking and it wasn't my mom like the same thing but she said this time it opened its mouth and it started speaking some other language is how she described it did she catch like was it Latin? Was it Hebrew? Does she have any idea of like what she it may had have been? No idea. Like like I said, we're Hicks from Kentucky. She would have had no idea what it was. But how she described it was that it opened its mouth and started speaking another language. And my my aunt said I rebuked it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pled the blood of Jesus all over it. And she said I just ran out. I ran, got in the car, and I left. This is gonna sound like a weird question, but did she describe the voice because? 
from a lot of people that I've talked to, um, when it seems like people are dealing with like a, like a demon demon and not just some like low end demon, they don't come off with that. Like, kind of voice it's more of like a like a royalty like princely type voice like the best way to describe it is almost like the joker where it's that charisma that's what it is like they have like charisma to the way they speak oh my god i cannot believe you just said that because i imagined it in my head like a grizzly bear coming out of her mouth like like what you just said she said it sounded like my mom's singing voice Yep. See, so we started off the story being paranormal and we're just making even more connections that this is definitely a demonic tie. I mean, I cannot believe you said that (laughs) because I was literally about to follow it up by saying anytime something like this would happen, even with like the voice, like, and it was speaking in it. She said, it just sounded like your mom's singing voice. Like it was so real. And I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. Because obviously it wasn't my mom saying, keep in mind too, like most demons like were fallen angels. So of course they're not going to be that growly demonic. They're going to, you know, they're they're very um, like charismatic about the way they talk, act and speak. And I mean, even going into like Lucifer, um, not saying that this person was specific, this creature was specifically Lucifer or anything like that. But uh, a lot of people forget that he was basically like made of, like, like when he moved, he would create music. So he's just always had this tie to like music and things being like harmonic. So I'm sure that that kind of translates over into the other demons, which is why they have a whole big grasp in like the music scene. So that would make perfect sense that it would either be a royal sounding voice or it'd be a singing harmonic sounding tone or voice. Right. No, no one has ever said that before. I just want you to know. And I don't think anybody has ever engaged me this much about it, to be honest with you. Not see, even ghosts. <laughs> see, I like getting into the stories. Like I like getting like an energy from people and I kind of know what I can and can't say. But like that's part of my problem interacting with some people is that I'll say things that people will probably perceive the wrong way. But like I'm interested, like I want to get to the bottom of this. And I'm, I'm glad that I was able to have that wow moment for you on this episode because I kind of like I don't it makes me feel good. And I like having a guest on and giving them like a wow moment or like helping to connect some form of dots. Cause then I feel like I'm benefiting them just as much as like, you know, they're benefiting me by telling me their stories, experiences, different things that they've been through. Well, I'll tell you what it feels like is like validation because when people come forward with like a ghost story like this or a weird thing that has happened to them, a lot of people, even if they act like they're interested or they act like they believe you, if they've never been through something like that before, the first thing in that person's mind is like, they're making this up or they're, this has been over-dramatized or this story has been told so many times, like they've added spices over the year. And I have to tell you, I even had just for the purposes of validation, I had my family members come on and tell it in their own words what they saw at the house. So I actually have three separate episodes, one of just me telling it, and then two of my girl cousins and my boy cousins telling their perspective on it. And they all said pretty much the same thing. And then all of a sudden, my cousin Brittany, she goes, I never told you this. 
but there was one time when we were kids, my dad had this weird Astro van. She called it an Astro van where it was bigger than a minivan, but it was smaller than like a pedo van. Like it was somewhere in the middle. Do you remember the Astro vans? Those things are sweet. Those are I like the, I had no idea what she was talking about. She just kept saying this Astro van. And I was like, okay, what about it? And she goes, well, it was parked in the driveway at this house I'm talking about. And she said, it was just me and my friend from school in the van. And my dad was outside talking to like my grandma or grandpa or whatever. And we were in the van. And she said, all of a sudden, the brake line just broke and the van just started rolling backwards right into the middle. It rolled all the way down the driveway into the street where like it was a two-way street and it was a super busy street. And she said, just luckily, we jumped out of the van as it was rolling down into the street. She said there were cars coming. They swerved off into ditches trying to miss the van. And it landed ass up in a fuck or it. Yeah, like it backed up like this. The ass of the van went down into the ditch and it was like sticking up like straight up in the ditch. And she was like, it's just another thing. It was like an attempt on our lives or something. See, and that also sounds demonic, too. That doesn't sound paranormal to me. So, but you know what I'm, and she was like, I just never told you that because I just never thought it was relevant because (laughs) definitely relevant. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's relevant. And it's just been weird stuff like that. That's happened to us. And I, you know, would consider myself obviously being raised like at church and my mom sang gospel songs to me all the time it's like one of my core memories it's like cleaning the house with her on saturday and singing like gospel music and stuff so i always when i get into a situation like that i'm like i pray and i just say like you know put god like put up the spiritual hedge around me of protection like don't and so (laughs) if it is something like that it's been following our family for a very long time yeah, I would assume that it's definitely generational. And I feel like it's linked to that gift mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of those gifts that people have, they end up having some type of trauma that happens to them later in life. And uh, like from my experiences with talking to different people and listening to different people who have made uh, connections with, de- with demons, satanic principles, um, it seems like things will go great for a very long time. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of bad things will happen. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like that time to pay the piper type situation. So, I mean, it sounds even more just off of that aspect. Like that's what the situation may be was just that it was at that uh, time to pay the piper time because you got the, you know, d- contract out of that deal that was created. And when it was up, yeah. it was up or it was supposed to get passed on. So that broke the contract. And then it was just all, you know, do whatever oh, the fuck you want weird. after that. It's weird. And when I said like, I feel like it ended with the passing away of like that older generation and like we're the new generation, there are little kids like that are young, maybe 14, 15, and they've started having like, when they were kids, they started having like imaginary friends. And it was the same imaginary friends that me and my cousins had when we were little, the same names. See, and that makes me wonder, too, because it's like, of course, if there's something demonic tied to you, there's also a very good chance of there also being things that are around trying to help you. So Mm -hmm. if these imaginary friends that they're seeing 
are the same as the ones you're seeing. And if you remember them not being aggressive, like they right. could theoretically be around the kids to protect the kids. And that being said too, shit, they could be family members that, you know, got lost in translation through the years, you know, like one of those people could have been the original person that, you know, had this gift, you know? (laughs) So my, my older cousin, Brittany, she used to play with a little girl named Genia, which is a very specific name. And she played with this little girl, Genia, and it was the same Genia that her older cousin used to play with that her daughter now plays with and she had never said that name in front of her daughter it actually was one of those things that she grew up and had completely forgotten about it until her daughter said mom I have like this friend named Genia and she freaked out like oh my god like how would she even know that name to say Genia like that have you tracked your family lineage to figure out if there's anybody with that name in your family? Like farther down the line? I have. I've never, the, the farthest we had ever gone was to find like that birth certificate of that miscarriage my grandma had. But we haven't looked into names or anything like that. But it would be funny if there was a fucking family member named Genia. <laughs> Same enough if you dig into that, where that thing started to, if the other name is that person's name that was the original person that, that had this gift you know oh my god or we can call it a gift because if it's demonic broad it's not really a gift at that point (laughs) and i you know just one last thing i will say like when my mom passed away her and i were like basically the best of friends i use the term soulmates all the time because it doesn't have to be romantic like i feel like maybe we've lived multiple lifetimes or like twin flames almost Oh, twin flames aren't necessarily like romantic. We're like, yeah. Yeah. And this is the type of bond me and my mom had. Like we were inseparable, so close. I loved her. She's like my angel, my hero, everything. And when she passed away, she, we were all in the room with her. We didn't think it was going to happen that night, but she was heavily medicated and on oxygen And it was like at any moment she could go. So we were just sitting around in the room with her and she started taking like those breaths like that were really suspect and we all got scared. So we took turns staying in the room alone with her and saying our goodbyes. And um, I was just unloading on her like she couldn't even respond because she was so medicated and ill and everything else. But I just unloaded like, mom, I'm so sorry if I ever did anything and just like bearing my soul to her like this is the last chance I'm going to get to do this. And I felt like this cold on my hand and I looked down and my nose is just pouring blood out like a faucet. There's just blood squirting out of my nose. It's all over my shirt. It's all over my arm. It's all over my fucking mommy. Like I didn't know what to do. And I ran in the bathroom and I kind of like splashed some water in my face and like plugged my nose up and I have never had a nosebleed before or after that night. It sounds like, uh, like, you know, people that have, for lack of a better description, people refer to like when people use psychic abilities, like it's shown in like stranger things, like you kind of get like the nosebleed. So if your family has a connection, you felt the cold touch on your hand. I wonder if that was like a connection with like a psychic ability that you were pulling into and it 
you know, caused your nose to bleed because maybe you were like connecting to something that you hadn't, like you had the connection, but you hadn't connected in that way before. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what has happened since that night. She did pass away that night. And people said after my mom died that they didn't recognize me, even in a physical way. They said, you looked different and you acted different. And I was like, well, I was really fucked up before my mom died. And I was, I never went to school. I was like, basically I was living like that lifestyle where you couldn't find me. Cause I would just be gone doing something somewhere. And I was like in weird, abusive, like relationships with people, even friendships. I would just let people like treat me like shit all the time. I was doing drugs, whatever. And then my mom died. And then it was like overnight, like all of that stopped for me. And all I cared about was like being the healthiest, best, most positive, wonderful version of myself and like living life to the fullest. And I went back to school and I have like this really good job now and taking care of myself. And they were like, after mom died, you literally like physically, mentally, everything like you changed and you you were like a completely different person. And I said, maybe like the nosebleed and everything that happened was like that part of me dying with her. I was thinking something a little bit different. I'm <clears throat> um, going into like the twin flames aspect. The whole idea of that is that it's two personalities that were created from like the same personality or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. So what if, since you completely changed and kind of started like living in her memory in a sense, like what if uh, she was your twin flame and that was like the consciousness coming back together? And that's what like kept you strong going forward. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, see, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. See, nobody ever gives answers out like that. They'll just be like, that's interesting. <laughs> see, that's what I'm here for. That's what, that's what I like to do on my show. <laughs> Damn. That makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. That Cause that, that would explain why you, like you felt the connection. Um, but you know, you're using like soulmates, but you know, dig into like the twin flames concept and maybe you'll find even more like connections, like of things that you hadn't made that connection before, you know, I've heard people describe soulmates as like, well, you keep reincarnating with these same people in your soul group and your soulmates. And like, you know, when you find one, because you feel like, but I've always imagined like twin flames being like one Ha like two, two halves of a whole and like I, I always felt like well that would be more like not a mother and a daughter but it it could be it could be because I mean you're born of her so in a way it's like she's splitting herself into two so it, I feel like if anything if anywhere it would make sense for the whole twin flame concept it would be like a mother and a child I feel like that you would be it just came in my ideal. mind when you said that just as you were talking this it just came in my mind Everyone since I was born has called me little Sheila and they would say, you're your mom's twin. Yep. Twin flames. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my God. The from the same I consciousness. Did, <laughs> I'm telling you, like I have the same freckles on my face in the same place. My mom had freckles on her face. Like we literally look identical. The only thing that separates us, we have both have red hair, everything. 
she had green eyes, like laser green eyes. And I have brown eyes because my dad had brown eyes. That's literally the only thing that would make us different. And I mean, that could be just like the, the, the like split, I guess, that makes it so you're not the full same consciousness because it's almost mm-hmm. like a, the concept of like a clone in a sense that it's not going to be exactly the same, but it's going to be pretty damn close because it's cut from the same cloth, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> if I showed you a picture, so actually for Halloween, I had, before you even ever said that, for months now, I have this picture of my mom. She dressed as like a go-go dancer or something for Halloween. And I was like, I'm going to recreate this picture for Halloween. Like, cause we look scary similar at this age. And I've showed the picture to a couple of people and they were like, you have to do it. Like that's wild, crazy, uh, insane how much you guys look alike. And I was like, okay, so that's what I'll do for Halloween this year. And like having this conversation and it's like twin flames is like, it's again, like that validation that I've been looking for from podcasting and doing, telling people this story is like, what do you think this is? It's so odd. Yeah. And it's like, it's that connecting dots concept that you just got to talk to the right person. And all of a sudden they can go ting, ting, ting. You have all these things that go together, but all you need is just that one string. Then all of a sudden everything attaches. Oh my God. Yes. And there are spiritual people who have told me that, you know, obviously my mom and I had like an unusual bond, but I, they never really expand on that. They're like, oh, I can tell like you and your mom had like an unusual bond. And I'm like, yeah, we were best friends, but what does that mean in the grand scheme of like everything that's transpired? Like, why did I lose her? I feel like I still needed her. And maybe like, that's just how it had to happen. And I did like a psychic medium reading and I actually posted it as an episode on my podcast with Whitney Fox. I don't know if you're. Ooh, I love Whitney. She was like, she's one of my favorite people to talk to too. That's another connection we got. Okay, Shane. I was never fully like into psychics. And then I went into a show with her and I purposely told her absolutely nothing about me. And after talking to her, I'm like, yes, there are 100% psychic people. The problem is 90% are people that just know how to read people and then they fake it. Yes. Like call it a dad joke, but I always say, you know, a good psychic, if you knock on their door and they say, who is it? You know, you know, it's not a good psychic. Don't go to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She has like this vibration about her and I immediately was drawn to her. We did a whole psychic reading and I posted it as an episode on my podcast. You would actually probably find it very interesting now that we've had this conversation. Oh yeah. I'm going to be all over that tomorrow at work. (laughs) And she brought my mom, like it was, she was like, your mom's the first one to step forward. And, you know, she was like, there's, there's an unusual thing about you and your mom. And like, she brought forward all this very specifically that no one else would know besides myself and my mom. And she goes, I don't know why, but I feel like your mom is saying she's still processing from some pain from her own mother. Like, who knows that? That's that carry concept, man. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and this is just, you know, I feel like you would really find this interesting. It's like my brother was having property disputes at his property. And I didn't know about that. 
So in the middle of the reading, she goes, there's something, your mom is so jovial, but she's coming through with such a serious message. And she's talking about like old woods and she's talking about fruit trees. And she's saying like, good fences make good neighbors, something about property lines. And I was trying so hard to relate it to something going on with me. And I just couldn't do it. The next day after my brother hears the podcast episode, he calls me and he goes, I've been having a property dispute with my neighbor and I've been thinking about putting up a fence. And that right there was validation for me. And then I go, but what about like the old woods and the fruit trees? And then I go, his address is Old Orchard Drive. And I had fucking goosebumps from head to toe. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Again, no way she could have known that. Dude, there's, I, I, you'll have to listen to the episode that I did with her too. Like everything that she said, like is stuff that there's no way she could know. She knew a bunch of things about like my grandma and stuff that we talked about, like post-show and everything like that. And mm-hmm. then uh, weirdly enough, she talked about, I pretty much said like I wanted to like some kind of physical proof of like these guides that were supposedly around me. And uh, she said that you'll see a white bird with a red wing. And ironically, the very fucking next day I saw, I always had the same birds in my yard. Like, cause I feed all my birds. I see the same birds. Like I've seen them for years. Like, like I know the birds cause I, I watch them so regularly. And all of a sudden I noticed on the back fence, there's this uh bird that looked exactly how she described it. And it wasn't a bird that was typically in my yard. And I was just like, Oh my God. That see, that's what I'm talking about. Like she blows my mind every time I talk to her. Cause even if it's not like her picking stuff like that up, just her story. And she was like telling me about when she saw this triangle UFO thing. Yep, with like the time freeze and everything. Yes. And I was like, girl, you are blowing my mind right now. But again, I think conversations like this between you and I, sometimes it's faded. Like maybe we were meant to have this conversation. You said a lot of things that I really needed to hear. And I'm glad that we had this conversation when we did, because talking about what you're saying, a lot of the information that I was able to share with you was because I had an interview with somebody specifically that was really into this stuff a couple of days ago. So if I would have had this interview with you a week sooner, which is funny because we rescheduled it, then I wouldn't have had the same information that I could have sent over to you. That's see, that's another like, it just all lines up and it's like, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be like interacting with each other. And we were kind of talking about like the politics that go into podcasting before we started. And that's why I always go back to like that point of we are like a family and we should be here for each other. And like (laughs) when, when people come in and try to disrupt something so positive like this, I feel like it's very much like an attack because the same thing that was happening to my family seeing all that really negative weird stuff demonic and it was like an attack on our family because we were so close and we are so sensitive about stuff and we love each other and obviously my mom and I were super close and she died and it's always like you have to keep that structure strong and like support each other and be there for each other because there are people from the outside that will see something so positive like that going on and be like, let me destroy that. Mm -hmm. 
it, there's a battle of good and evil going on in the world, no matter how you slice it, whether that be like within your family or personal friend groups, or even in the world, the, this vampire class of people that rules over all of us. And like, they just want to see us all suffer. And I mean, no matter how you slice it, you have to have a level of discernment where it's like, I'm going to protect what's mine because I know there's people coming to destroy it. Yeah. And it's like, we're the community, the conspiracy community, but like, just that being said, if you're going to infiltrate any community, as far as like information getting out, it would be this community. So not Mm -hmm. to spread like fear or anything like that. But, uh, I do think, I don't know who they may be exactly, but I do think that there's a handful of people that I don't want to use the term shills, but like they're intentionally placed here to mix information spin things up, start disruption in the community. And I don't want to say they're they're like government based, but I feel like they're just like dark energy based. So it's like more like on the spiritual side where these people that are doing it may not even full well know what they're doing because they're being used as like a vessel in a sort to do something that they are not even aware that they're doing. Oh, I think I've met a couple. Oh yeah. I have my, uh, ideas of some people that may be, but, uh, like, I, I don't like throwing any names out and making accusations right. on anything, but <laughs> no, I think I've met a couple of them and I have to tell you, I'll block you first and ask questions later, because there's a thing about me where I don't need you to say a fucking word out of your mouth. Sometimes I can just look at you and hear you talking about something and be like, not for me. I don't trust you. I don't like anything. The, the vibe, like, and that's such an overused word. Like, Oh, I don't like their vibes. That could be intentional though. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I can look at someone and say, trustworthy person. I think that's part of being an empath though, in general is like, again, like we were talking about earlier, just like being able to trust that gut feeling and pick up energies that people give off. Cause I was related to, for people that don't believe in like the woo woo shit, like <clears throat> bees can see an ultraviolet. So they know what flowers want to get landed on because those flowers will give off an ultraviolet, like aura, whatever you want to call it. So if plants do it in nature, some of the animals can pick up on that. Like, why would people be any different? Theoretically, like you could give off an energy because of your emotions and other people that know how to tune in with it can pick up on it. But the average person would be like, oh, that's just some woo shit, not connecting it to some actual like, solid proof that we already have in nature of things giving off an aura and energy that other things can pick up and read on. Like that's not woo. -woo, Like it happens. (laughs) Yeah. And like going back to what I said earlier, human beings are electric and you can admit a frequency without knowing it whatsoever. And that's why you're drawn to certain people. Like there's been people that have come into my life and I'm just drawn to them. Like maybe there's something broken in them that they need to hear something that I have to say, or maybe I can be their, their friend. And I have had a lot of people in my life where when I met them, they weren't in the greatest situation, but I was just drawn to them. And I felt like they had a good, humble spirit about them and I wanted to help them. Or like, there are the exact opposite though, where I've met people, they've not done anything to me at all whatsoever, but I just like, I'll never associate with that person because I don't like the feeling that I get when I'm around them. 
Yeah, I have a lot of those too. Like it's that gut feeling thing, like I was saying, because like <clears throat> I'm one of those people that when I interact with somebody within the first like couple minutes, I'll have my full mind made up. So especially like at work, like we'll have somebody come in, they'll introduce themselves. And right after that, I can be like, yep, that's a person I'm going to talk to. Or yep, that's a person that I'm not going to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's honestly partly energy, of course, too, because it's like they're giving off something that's making me say like, no, no, no. Especially considering that I'm like, a, I guess, a <clears throat> mystic type person. Um, yeah. Or even Whitney was saying, like, she believes that I have, like, a heavy shamanistic past, and that's why, like, I got into the things that I got into. So it fully makes sense, because if I have my grandma that's 100% Cherokee, she talked about a lot of spiritual shit, like, there it would be shamanism in my family. So maybe that's part of, like, why, you know, I have the ability to pick up on this shit, for example. But it's a little bit different for everybody, depending on their situation, where they may have gotten those abilities, so to speak, from. Yeah, just like my grandpa, like, <clears throat> who knows? Like, I wasn't there, obviously. He passed away before I was ever born. So my great-grandpa, whether he was a shaman, whatever he may have been, he was doing his little healing thing. And (laughs) the bad thing about, like, white people like me is that we don't have, you know, a big culture of, like, oh, this is our history and these are our people. It was, like, literally some hick town in Kentucky. They had no electricity, lived in houses with dirt floors and had nothing, no money, no means whatsoever, worked in coal mines. And all we have are these stories that have been passed down. Like they told my grandma, my grandma told my mom and my mom told me. And now if I have kids and it's obviously just something that's been passed down word of mouth, we have no way of proving it. But it goes back to what I was saying is I don't need to prove it. Like for myself, hearing those stories, I believed them when they told me and I can sense when something's bullshit or not, especially with all the stuff that has happened to us. It just goes to prove like, okay, yeah, there's something going on here. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat, however you want to describe it. It's not just stories too. Like you've had this stuff physically happen to you. And then the stories just continue on from that too. It's not Mm -hmm. like this stuff started popping up after you heard the stories, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say like, we're descended from like, you said like Cherokee, that would, that's beautiful. But you know, as far as like us, we're concerned is like, we're hillbillies i guess they would call us or like <laughs> whatever i mean i got a mixed bag everywhere else my grandma was the only one that was like 100 percent sherry everybody else was just a mix of a bunch of other random shit yeah we're like heinz 57 <clears throat> over here in my family like god only knows <laughs> i mean i'm only 25 percent cherokee so it's like even at that point i feel like i can't really like live into it you know without it being like I don't want to say inappropriate, but I don't like being one of those like white guys. It's like, I'm Cherokee. You know what I mean? Oh. Like I don't want to be one of those fucking guys. So it kind of sucks. Cause it's like, my grandma was hundred percent Cherokee taught me about a lot of that stuff, but I feel like I can't like live into it. If that makes sense. I a hundred percent get what you're saying. Like, but I don't feel like people would get that from you just cause you're a nice guy. And I don't think you're using it to be like, Oh, I'm Cherokee, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I did an ancestry DNA thing. Actually, my sister got it for me for Christmas. I don't know why she, that was just one of the things she got me for Christmas. So I spit in this little tube and sent it off. They're probably doing all type of genetic experiments with my saliva right now. There's like six clones of you already. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and it came back. Um, I didn't know a lot about my dad's side of the family. Cause he was a drug addict and a weirdo. And like, that was in a whole nother 
part of my past that anyways um and it came back a bunch of white things like obviously I'm guessing from my mom's side like Irish and the Dutch and like all this stuff and then it goes 20% North African I mean that's still t- wait yeah North African I'm thinking of South African I was gonna say South African still white technically <laughs> It, yeah, I was very confused on this 20% North African. And I go and I'm looking at the map. It'll show you like a map and it'll have all these regions circled where they think you came from. And it had the area with like Egypt and Morocco circled. That almost makes me wonder if because you came from a family that you said like lived in the South and didn't have a lot of money and stuff, like I almost wonder if there was a time when uh like somebody may have like had a baby with somebody that was a slave even if they didn't own the slaves or anything like that but just considering the region um Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people in the south will do these tests and end up popping up with african-american heritage and i think that's the reason why what was that that to me that is crazy that one of my ancestors or somebody had had a baby with like a slave yep see that's that's what always is every single time white people have black heritage it's always because of slavery as fucked up as that sounds (laughs) and i i'm sitting here thinking it's from my dad's side because i didn't know him very well and he had extra curly hair and it was dark black and he had dark features like that um and obviously the brown eyes i got from him as well and my hair is actually really curly but i i don't do my curls very often because i don't curse i'll straighten it that's an image issue I need to work on for myself. I don't like my hair curly, but I always thought that it was from my dad's side because he did have like the curly hair and stuff. And he used to tell me he thought he was Italian. So there you go. He had no <laughs> idea whatsoever. <laughs> hey, we're just connecting dots here, left and right. <laughs> <laughs> you figured out my whole life family history in one episode. <laughs> hey, we could still even go longer, but. I, I, you said you had to start leaving at a certain time. So I, maybe it's a good point to start wrapping it up and then we yeah, can do we'll a part just, two and have another conversation. Yeah, we'll do a part two or something because I got my husky out there and he's just dying to get in here and give his two cents. So I usually I have nine or eight cats. I have a ninth cat because there's just this outdoor cat that I befriended and he hangs out my yard now. But usually <laughs> when I'm podcasting, my cats are scratching up underneath my door. So I completely understand. No, yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky we've made it this long because he'll start his little like roo, 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 roo. And that means like, hey, let me in. Hey, that's because we're having a conversation that was intended to be have. So the universe knew to fuck off for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, before we get going, I always like to do uh, words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So if there's any words of wisdom you'd like to bestow, what would they be? I've thought about this. And I think the wisest thing I can ever say is your mom is always right, even if you think she's not. And don't be in a hurry to grow up because it sucks and childhood is magical. And try to stay in that frame of mind, even if you're 30 years old, try to be in a childlike disposition. Everything should be new information for you. And don't have your mind made up that you can never budge always just be open honest and listen to your mom 
childlike mind though that's where you have the ability to grow though so i completely agree because if you have that adult mindset and you're set in your ways you'll never learn anything new but not even in a bad way you keep that childlike sense of wonder then you get into things you never thought you'd be into and you can learn new things because you're open to having that ability to actually want and retain learning new things. So that's what's happened to the Gen Z or whatever with these TikTok and all that shit. They think they're 30 years old when they're 14. And that's scary because it's like they're, they have like, oh, I'm grown now. And it's like, please get a grip. You are not grown. That's a whole other episode for another day. If you want to talk about the whole concept that I always bitch about, about them trying to uh, basically, I I still love using this term because it pisses people off, but grooming kids, that's, that's what it comes down to because they want them to grow up faster so that they can get them into the things that they want them to be into so that it's easier for these, uh, as they like to call it, minor attracted people makes their job easier. Fuck off with that. I'll tell you (laughs) straight up. Anybody wants to know what I looked like at 14, you can go on my face, uh, not Facebook, my Instagram. I just posted a video of my best friend and I dancing cheetah girls in my bedroom, looking like a fool. And I thought it was hilarious. Like it's just, you know, flashback of like childhood memories or whatever. But I compare that video to the girls that I see right now wearing crop tops, full face of makeup. Like it looks ridiculous to me. I was not doing this at 14. Say coming from like a guy's perspective too, just like even how guys look like not over sexualized like females are nowadays, but just like the guys are doing the same shit. You know what I mean? Like I was still wearing old Navy and shit that my mom made me wear back in like fifth, sixth grade shit like that. And like these kids now are like full blown, like have their like adult style for lack of a better term. I keep saying that on this episode, but like, it's just weird. You'll see like kids that are in like fifth grade and they're like in a style. They're like, I'm a, I'm this or I'm that, or I'm whatever the fuck it's like, bro. Like, why are you trying to grow up so fast? Like, I don't get it, man. Like, I'm really weird about that shit with my daughter. Like I said, this is like a whole other episode we could have another day because I could go on this one for hours. This is like oh, opening I'm a like- can of worms right at the end of the episode. No, I know. <laughs> but this is a segue into part two. But I have to tell you, though, and especially you being a dad, okay? They're doing things to kids now that was not even acceptable when I was a kid. I wore overalls. I didn't wear makeup until I was a certain age. My mom wouldn't let me do like, I looked like a little boy until I was probably like 13. And she started letting me like wear a little bit more girly stuff or like do my, I was a child when I was a child. Dude, even in high school, when you're in school, I remember like, they had the rules of like no noodle straps, no shorts, this short, things like Hell that. Yeah. And now that's all out the fucking window. And I'm all for the whole aspect of like guys need to learn to keep it in their fucking pants, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, man, like just the style all around. Like I said, I can get into this completely on another episode. But one thing I always bitch about is that like I refuse to shop at Target. One of the main reasons is the whole woke agenda behind Target. But like during the winter, I have a specific story. I went to Target back when I didn't have an issue with Target yet to buy my daughter like a sweater because I wear like crew neck sweaters during the winter to stay warm and she wanted one. I could not find one fucking kid's sweater in the middle of winter that wasn't a crop top. Like that completely defeats the purpose of a sweater. Like, bro, like what the fuck are you selling to these kids? And they have like booty shorts and shit now. 
Like fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck that. Get out of here with that shit. That's why I refuse to spend another dollar at Target. On top of the fact that they also sell youth size binders for you know people trying to transition. Like, oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's a child. Like they don't yeah, even know okay. what their favorite fucking color is yet, and you guys are pro letting them change their gender. Like, shut the fuck up. If you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, you should have to be 18 to even consider doing any of that shit. Uh, amen. Otherwise, fucking throw it out the window. Let six-year-olds get a tattoo. You know, if people see that and they hear that and they think that's fucked up, that somebody can add something onto their skin at the age of six, well, why is it okay if you let somebody completely chemically alter and change their body at six? Like, that's way less evasive, but you have an issue with that. Yeah, permanently changing your body at a, like, the youngest I've seen is like, uh, I've seen it, I've seen the transgender thing in very, 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 very young kids, but they're letting them get their parts chopped at like 15, 16. Fuck that. <laughs> like yeah. I was 15, 16. I was still figuring, I'm still figuring shit out. I'm almost oh, 30. I, like... I don't even know what the fucking day it is sometimes. Like <laughs> I, I, I can barely remember to feed my dog and I'm 30. If it wasn't for me having a podcast, like. I would not know what fucking day of the week it is. And the only reason I do is because I have to like schedule and do episodes. <laughs> I promise you, like my husband is literally, he's in his thirties. I have to remind him to take fucking shit out of his pockets before he puts it in the washer. There'll be like exploded ink pins everywhere. Like he's the most forgetful ass and he can barely take care of himself. Let alone, like I'm, I'm telling you like, the thing they're they're doing with kids, it just boggles my absolute mind. They are not ready for this whatsoever. They think they still want to be like an astronaut when they grow up. Like they're deluded. <laughs> you can't <laughs> chop a deluded person's sports off. Yeah, like no fucking joke. And uh I guess one last comment before we kind of get to the end of the show, too. Another funny thing is like these teachers doing this progressive shit where they have like a trans person come into school and read a book, and then all these kids will be like. I'm trans and they think that they're doing this great thing. Like we're awakening them to know their true self. Like, bro, you go into a fucking school dressed up as a superhero and you read them a comic book. Every kid's going to stand up and say they want to be a superhero. Like change the context and tell me that you're still doing something good. Like you're grooming and you're brainwashing. And I'll keep using that word because I know it pisses people off and I hope shit gets flagged for it. So groomer, 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 groomer. Fuck you, Target. You're a bunch of groomers. (laughs) And we're not talking about pets here, people. Yeah, not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, clearly you're an awesome person. So for anybody that wants to go and listen to more awesome content that you create, uh, where would everybody come and find all your information at? So I am on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, all the good ones. Um, And it's Cosmic Peach Podcast. And I'm on Instagram, cosmic.peach.podcast. If you've seen Bigfoot, if you have a ghost story, something, just hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to have you on my show. I've met a lot of cool people that way, including Shane. (laughs) So here we are. I appreciate that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, for anybody that enjoyed the conversation, go check her show out. Go give her some awesome reviews because she's clearly a wonderful person. Uh, give up me some reviews too. I read it because I always appreciate reviews. Uh, hit us both up with anything that you want to get off your chest. Like you want to tell your story, you want to do anything, come and find one of us because we're both going to be people that are going to sit down and listen to everything that you have to say and take it to heart and not judge you for it. So that being said, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>